Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to the Call That Girl Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 94. If you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.com and click on the podcast tab. Well, gang, happy holidays. It is December 25th. It's Christmas. I was supposed to have a friend come to town, but she had a family emergency, so I was uh, kind of like, wow, what am I going to do for three days? So I decided to pull out all my end-of-year stuff I was going to do, and I started uh, cleaning up some, oh, all old stuff, emails, jobs, projects, and cleaned up, and I spent a little bit of time working on my migration forms for Office 365, so I'm going to put that in the notes here for you guys if you want to take a peek at them. I did three different versions. I did um, the one that when I have a company sign up to do a migration, which has more company details. And then I have one for just one person because a lot of my clients are just one person and they've got a lot of things going on in their Outlook. So it collects the company info and their personal Then I also updated the employee surveys, which is when you have multiple people. A lot of you, you know, might not need these kind of surveys, but for me, um, you know, a one-person show, I like the surveys. I really can capture all the info and make sure that, you know, I'm not going to miss anything. And anytime I miss something, what do I do? I go update the forms because I want to try to make things seamless as much as possible, even though none are ever really seamless. But, uh, so I did the surveys. I'll put that in the links there for you guys to review. Um, I also am working on my SEO and marketing blog series. I, the last one I did was number seven, I think, and it went really, really well out there. I'm really hoping that folks start wanting to learn to do this more themselves because the SEO blogs I do are real easy to learn once you get it down and you can really conquer out your SEO for really low cost, which is just learning and your labor pretty much. But I got a blog coming out. It might not be out before this show's out, but just look for it. It'll be the most recent one because this is the final one for the year. But I really knocked it out. It's um, it's the the topic is content and engagement marketing. So it, I, I give you a lot of tips on what I do with Facebook and LinkedIn and try to keep engaged and give out my content and you know stay stay involved in a lot of things at one time. It's a little bit of work, but you know, it's, it pays off and it's free to do. It just takes a little of your time. All right. So this week, you guys, I got three stories I'm going to tell and, um, they are all different, but yet alike, of course, <laughs> all trauma and drama. But before we get started, I want to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor app river and thanking them for being a sponsor of the show for not just two years, but now 2018. And I love App River because they support small businesses and they've got a great sales department, great customer service, sales engineers, SharePoint expert, whatever you need, App River can help you and support your small business. They also have reseller plans. So if you want to manage the invoices yourself and charge your clients what you want, um, I'm on the partner plan, which means they do the billing and I just earn a commission. And that seems to really work well for me because it's just me and I don't want to be a hundred percent responsible for all the support from the first level. And of course, as you know, I sell my prepaid tickets to help 
continued support for my clients. So I still keep them. I just uh, have AppRiver help me out. So you can email Steve Harris at sharris at appriver.com or click on the link in the show notes here and it'll have a link to our new partner sign-up page where you can go and fill it out and I'll send it off to Steve for you. Okay, now let's get to the jobs. It's been a long time since I've talked about jobs and I'm back ready to start talking about them. I have to relive them actually a little. But um, okay, so the first one to talk about is iCloud and I've got two stories for iCloud and if you don't work in the iCloud environment you might just want to skip this till you get to the next story but basically with iCloud you have to have um, you have to download the iCloud software and it has to synchronize with your Outlook and then sync with your phone and sync with the Outlook and sometimes that breaks and many times what I find with my clients on iCloud is it doesn't only break but it Sometimes the clients don't know it's broken until they catch it and it's too late. And they have a lot going on and it's usually broken in Outlook, okay? But like, here's what'll happen is it'll work in Outlook and then they won't see it in their iPhone. So then they start trying to fix it themselves and that can sometimes even make it worse. And iCloud issues, um, you know, if it's just the connector that's broke, that's hopefully a quick fix. I've kind of got that down to, um, you know, if the connector's broken, I just try to, you know, get the add-on turned back on again. That sometimes does it. Sometimes you just have to log out of the iCloud software, and that does it. Sometimes you have to do a full reinstall, and that's like an hour job. And sometimes they've got Outlook 2010, and that breaks, so you have to upgrade their Outlook. I mean, it can be a lot of work for a free plugin, pretty much. So what I've kind of learned to do is when I start helping these clients, I say, well, if you own a business, maybe we should put you on exchange. And I try to tell them that before we do all the work because sometimes I can just get the iCloud out of the Outlook that's there and export it out and put it right into Exchange as is. You know, that's the better goal instead of trying to fix it. And a lot of clients do want that, you know, but some are just diehard into that iCloud and they just can't get away from it. And so anyway, um, the first client I'm going to talk about is a lady and she called in and she has multiple folders in iCloud of contacts and she found out that it was corrupted and she has Outlook 2010 and she didn't really want to upgrade and after an hour of me trying a bunch of things and it was a two-part appointment because um, she's in another country so I had to talk to her over um, the remote software I was using. We were actually chatting with each other. We didn't even talk on the phone. We tried doing a Zoom but she couldn't get the... um the microphone to work so I couldn't hear her so I just remoted in and we just chatted it out but I ended up taking an export I think of her iCloud contacts and putting them into mine and I and for some reason it was still not working and I tried a few other things and just everything was a fail so after an hour I said look this is I think you got some bigger issues in this so and I was troubleshooting and I said let's consider exchange well, the problem is, is sometimes I help people and I don't know how big their company is. And you believe it or not, a lot of companies still use Pop and IMAP and each person in the company does their own syncing with a third party. And it turns out she had five employees. Now, five employees and to move to Exchange just to let her contacts be synced with her phone is a little bit too much, I think, especially since the company doesn't need it because those five other people, all they need is email. And I try to do what's best for the client. So I said, well, 
here's the benefits of the exchange if you want the whole company on it. And she said, yeah, it's really too much for what we need. I said, I agree. So then she's like, well, then what should we do? And I said, well, here's a sneaky trick I've been doing for people, which it's just a few extra bucks. But buy your own domain, like so-and-so.com, and then we just put your contacts on there and your calendar, and you pay the 12 bucks a year for the domain, and then you pay for the exchange. And um, that is really a nice solution for these people because they want the robust syncing of the exchange, and they just don't want the drama of a whole company being on it. Not the drama, but it is expensive. I mean, let me do the math here. My old rates... To do that would have been, I don't know, uh, 1300 bucks. Now I have a new rate with my new referring partner, which I'll talk about later, actually. I want to tell you guys about him. But uh, the new one would only be like 750 and a lot more affordable. But I see I still have to do the contacts part of it. So I, there's still my cost involved. But, um, so anyway, she kind of put the project on hold until she decides what to do. And I'm sure it'll be after New Year because a lot of people seem to be putting off stuff until next year, which I can see why the new tax bill, that's all going to change a lot of things this year. I hope, hope people want to spend more money. <laughs> Let's hope, but she lives in another country, so I don't think it matters. So anyway, that's what I've been kind of doing with people that have just one issue is, Let's just put you on exchange. And the nice thing is there's no real migration. I just have to set it up and import in the context and fine tune it. And it's a lot more easier on me, which you've all heard me this year complain about migration work. And I don't want to do all of them anymore. Okay. Then the second lady does not have iCloud, but she has an Android and oh boy, the Android people kind of, uh, especially the long-term Verizon Android people, I think before all the Gmail setup and all the stuff, a lot of people had built-in contacts. And this goes back years for people, some of them. So anyway, I got a call. There was a problem with some syncing software between two computers and an Android. And it was in big trouble. And this was a tech referral. And I said, look, let me go in and see what's going on. And I looked at it and I said, okay. This is a job for this client to have their own exchange account for sure. And uh, because first of all, the client had thousands of entries with probably 30 different groups, pretty serious load, you know? So I said, let's deconstruct all this. So we took exports of everything we could. There was contacts in like three different places. So we took a massive export. I loaded up on my computer. I did an import without duplicates. I got it to, I think it was at 19,000 contacts. I got it to 12,000. And this is not including the built-in Android contacts, by the way. So the client was thrilled to see one list. And what I did was, um, to scale back just a minute, I put them on one of my demo accounts for Call That Girl. So it was an exchange account. And, you know, she, I set it up on her outlook so she could see it also and we you know so she could see how it's synchronized and how it works because it was just an exchange server she set it up on two computers and um she was thrilled that she had one database and i you know she spent some time trying to clean it up because you have duplicates obviously but the duplicates didn't all work 
And I said, well, there's no guarantee that Outlook is going to clean up all duplicates. And I don't really like duplicate cleaning programs. So I said, let's just, I'll teach you how to clean it up in the contacts. And I changed it from uh, the, I think from the list view to the phone view. And I manipulated some of the fields at the top. And then we sorted by categories and she could clean it up so much faster now because it was the categories that I think was messing her up because she had one person with one category and then another. Anyway, so she's happy as a clam. She's cleaning up her database. And this week we're going to move her whole entire structure to her own exchange account. And then I think she's getting an export done of her Verizon contacts. And then we're going to import those in later, but it might be a separate contacts list in exchange because the cleanup on that would probably be just insane. I don't know. But a lot of my clients live and breathe by their contacts and um, they're, it's serious for them. It's their business. It's how they do business. And, you know, when technicians, you know, sometimes are like, well, it's just contacts. Well, my people spend a lot of money on their contacts. They want it as cleaned up as possible. So the exchange is a great solution because now once we get her exchange set up, she's going to have it on her phone that'll work and on the two computers, her travel and her desktop, and she'll be hopefully happy as a clam because right now she's happy seeing my demo. And it makes me happy when clients see end results finally. It, it sometimes takes a while, you know. Um, I, can, I call these kind of like surgeries. They're never one-hour jobs, and they take a few weeks sometimes because I give them homework. And eventually, in the long run, I told her, my goal is for you to not have this problem again. And after having years of problems with multiple phones, I mean, the problem is you put a bunch of contacts in a phone in the built-in, then they go away and you got to rebuild or do whatever. And it is really daunting, all the work for that. So anyway, we'll see. Um, I can report back when that job's over. And then I had a guy who... Um, I don't know if you guys remember from last November, there was a Hotmail Outlook server crash. And it was mostly when the old Exchange Sync Active, sorry, um, the Exchange Active Sync, I think it was just called Active Sync at one point. I get really confused sometimes with Hotmail. Um, that was the old server and it did work the contacts, calendar, email syncing. But then Microsoft decided to change everybody's server to be the new Exchange server, which is kind of like the business level server, but just chopped down a little bit. Kind of reminds me of the half-baked GoDaddy, Office 365, mind you. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, this is uh, the Outlook.com, which is to me the free Exchange server, which you get limited, you know, features, but it works for the most part. Well, the client put, made an appointment with me and he said, uh, yeah, my Hotmail's in the cloud, all my stuff, but I can't get it to work in Outlook. And I was like, boy, that sounds familiar. Now, last November, I took a lot of jobs before I found out that the server actually broke. We had, I'd put in um, a few calls to Microsoft to find out if what was happening is when the server broke, the user's name in the um, hotmail.com or outlook.com started showing a E with a long string instead of their name. So that's how you know the, um, the server broke. And once you see that, you really can't fix that at all. You have to start fresh. 
So I remote in, I see it. I'm like, oh, yep, you've got the broken server. And we looked in his Outlook, and actually the last email was where you need to transfer the server, which means you log in and log out of Outlook. And I don't know if he caught that. It was, you know, maybe he was just doing it online too long, and he just got lost because this broke a year ago, you know. So at that time, I was like, well, let me try to set up the outlook on my 2013 and we'll see if that maybe helps or not and it didn't help the 2013 only brought down the folder structure no email so i was kind of like oh man what am i gonna do and uh, about 45 minutes into this job the guy was like well you know what i really need this the folders and he had hundreds of them it wasn't a joke and by the way he was using it with his domain name which I'm still baffled how people get that to all work, but he did. Um, and so he said, well, look, I'm going to start forwarding these emails to my other account, and then I can bring them into Outlook through that account. And I was like, okay. Well, he spent a few days trying to do that, and it broke. He said, I actually maxed out how many I can send, and uh, Microsoft has me on a restriction now. And I'm like, okay, so now I really got to think about how to fix this. And here's the thing is that, when you're troubleshooting an issue, not every idea and everything you know comes to you at once. You know, and sometimes I have to take a break from the job to go, oh, okay, I can do this now. And as soon as he told me the restriction, I had to really get into how the heck do I get these down? And I thought about it and I was like, okay, let's try setting it up in IMAP. And... I went to my Outlook 2013. I logged in as him with IMAP under the Hotmail. There's different settings. You have to type in the exact IMAP server. And yep, all the emails and the folders came down. And I was like, okay. So I stopped on mine. I went to his. I made a brand new profile called Hotmail IMAP. And this guy was just completely thrilled that this email was coming down. And the thing is, is that he knows Microsoft won't fix it. He knew he was in trouble. I was so thankful that the IMAP was the trick. So this is the, you know, this happens sometimes to folks. So anyway, I told him, leave it up. Let all the email come down. Once it's done, I'll make a full export to a PST file. And then I said, at this point, you should probably just uh, set up your domain on a real exchange server. And he was like, Okay, done. I said, well, you're using one, but it's broke, and it's a free one. And he agreed. So um, so anyway, that was just half the battle. So then, since we weren't really, in, you know, we weren't going to lose any data because, you know, it was already backed up, I just set up the new uh, migration, or sorry, I just uh, changed the MX records, I did the work, blah, 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 set up the new account, and I don't remember, but something happened. Um with the setup and he said, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll take care of it and I'll call App River. And that's why I like having clients call App River at night because they're open. And, um, I said, yeah, after it's, I forgot what we did, but I said, just call App River and they'll set it up your outlook for you when you're ready. And the App River tech couldn't get it to set up. Now, sometimes when I can't get it set up, I call App River and ask them if they have any ideas because they work on just this all day, right? And I work on multiple different weird things. So um, the, the client emailed me and said, no, they couldn't get it set up, so we'll have to try tomorrow. 
And I was like, well, I want to know what that tech did. So I was up, so I called up River, and the tech was like, yeah, Lisa, the undiscovered records are just not there or set up and won't let me do 16. Now, here's what App River does is they have to follow kind of the rules where I could break the rules if I want to a little. <laughs> and I do because I have to because to me, I'm not going to spend, you know, because of Outlook 2016 not having manual set up for this auto discover issue, I am done 100% trying to fix things. Uh-uh. And the guy from App River didn't spend a lot of time either because it was, you know, I'm not sure why they didn't, but I don't blame them because honestly, it it just wasn't working. So auto discover from the GoDaddy account where he had it set up wasn't um wasn't uh, configured or wasn't propagated yet or there had to be released somehow or who knows what, but you know, it was so late in the night. So I logged into the GoDaddy and I said, look, there's some records in here that maybe could be removed, but I just don't know what else is wrong. And I didn't want to call GoDaddy at 11 o'clock at night and deal with it. And so anyway, I emailed the client and I said, this is a tech issue that is out of our control. And sometimes you just have to tell the clients the truth. Look, it's not, you know, something technical that I'm not going to call GoDaddy and be on the phone for an hour with them trying to figure this out. When I said, let's just do what we need to, to get this happening tomorrow. I said, I'll call you tomorrow and I'm going to get you set up with Outlook 2013 and it's going to work. And then one day you can upgrade to 16 when things are fixed. And the client was like, sounds good to me. So is downgrading the best answer? Uh, yes and no. I mean, honestly, to me, 2013 is still the magic charm, the best version, because it doesn't have all these, you know, choked up problems that 16 has. And even though I'm using 16, I didn't use 16 for a long time because it had so many problems. But I'll tell you that a lot of techs love 16, maybe because they manage the servers or something and they didn't have all these complicated issues. Um, maybe, you know, they've got everything more controlled, uh, MSP folks and everything. But I remember I handle just breakfast jobs as they come and and for me to go spend an hour to maybe multiple hours trying to fix this auto discovery issue is not happening on my dollar. I am done, done with playing around with this stuff. So my tip to you is if after, you know, a little while you're not having luck with setting up 16 with an exchange account and you're out of answers, jump over to the Facebook group, you know, see if you can get a few tips there. And you know, I mean, there are so many things that can go wrong with 16 now, not setting up an account that it's just mind boggling. I They just completely destroyed this version of Outlook, in my opinion. But after you give it a shot, you know, go get the, the go get the download and um, well, not the download, the 2013, which, by the way, I have a copy of each one, uh, the business premium and the home. So and I just install it, set it up under their accounts, and there you go. And um, it's the only way for me to get on with my life. <laughs> but anyway, I'm giving the guy at App River the kudos, though, because being late and everything and trying to manage that, I I just said, you know what, I appreciate it. He was a nice guy, but I said, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just downgrading this guy. It, it's very frustrating. And they do their best at App River to help the best they can. But see, I'm the technician in charge. And I was like, I'm taking charge of this job my way. And that's that. He was my client and I'm doing it. 
Anyway, um, okay, so then I closed that job with doing some fine-tuning, optimizing. Remember in 16 that this is just what I do by default is to, once you get it set up and um, you go into the accounts, move the slider to get all 20, to get all the mail. Just take it off the 12 months. I don't like that feature at all. It to me is that that's one of the, a horrible feature to have to only have so much mail in Outlook. Um, most of my clients don't like it. Their search doesn't work, and uh, it's really bad if you export manually and forget to do the slider because there's a bunch of emails on the server, and um, that's really bad that if you mess that up because then you're not getting all the data and the clients think you are. So just remember to use that slider before migration, uh, manual export, and after you set one up. The final tip is I'm still getting tons of calls about search and people, they, they're finally doing updates from last summer. Some new update is choking it up. I don't know. And uh, let me just tell you these updates and the search is so frustrating that I've actually denied every client so far that's asked me to take one on that's not a prepaid client ticket. It, it's that bad. It to me is a huge money loss. And I always give people, here's the big tip. So this is your takeaway from the show that if you just set up a brand new Outlook and the, the people call right away and say, oh, my search isn't working. Just get used to after you set up a new Outlook or do any kind of big, you know, kind of uh, PST setup or importing, exporting, teach people to leave their Outlook open overnight, turn off power to not go to sleep mode and teach them how to check the indexing which is when you put your mouse in the search bar, the search tool shows up, indexing is right under there. When indexing is at zero, Outlook should be working fine. And if not, then you go backwards and try to fix the other issues, indexing on the computer or whatever. But to me, it saves people from calling me the next day um, because sometimes uh, the indexing could take a few days to fix if they've got a lot of email or there was a big import or export. Anything you can do in Outlook, it kind of messes that up. So I now teach people that and I say, call me after if it's not at zero and it doesn't work because once it's at zero, it should be working. Oh yeah, that search. Boy, I feel sad for people. They love that search and I do too, but it's uh, still kind of jacked up. I'll be honest with you. All right, gang. So that was a lot of few stories there. If you guys have anything else you want me to cover... In 2018, like I said, I'm going to try to work on some more interviews, uh, some more learning opportunities, and of course, more stories, because they're never going to end. Um, I'm going to fill you guys in on this. I think I've mentioned it in a few shows in the past, but uh, I have, yes, decided to stop migrations. And yes, what do I do in the last few months? Keep doing them. <laughs> Each one I say, this is the last one I'm doing. But guess what? I keep doing one. Well, I have a new client coming up here. And you know what? I caught myself. And I was like, it's just one. I could do a quick one. Yeah, it's going to be easy. But then I stopped and said, let's see. What's the better solution? Even though it's just one. I'm going to outsource it to Adam. Adam's my new migration guy. So I do all the prep work. Adam does the real migration. And then I do the aftercare and fine tuning and continued support. That's what I'm doing for 2018 and beyond. I still want to be in migration work, but I have to find people to do the labor because it's just too frustrating for me. 
So I have an hour in with the client. We did a lot of prepping, which he's got like iCloud issues, of course. And his IMAP is just fine, but the iCloud is the problem. So I'm going to hand it off to Adam. Adam's going to do that. And then afterwards, I'm going to import all the iCloud in under my billable time. And the client actually uh, is keeping me on for ongoing support because he's got a lot of other issues going on. So if you are out there by yourself or you want a migration team to help, um, Adam is my guy and he's working on two different types of migrations. Um, one is uh, using, um, well, of course he does manual because he, you know, some jobs you have to do manual. And he also does migration whiz and that's more for small teams. And now we both are testing Skykick in um, more large scale operation because we're going to have to need to start doing more to keep the cost down. So, cause we want to start, I, I want to start doing more migration work. I kind of really let it go in, in, in 17. It was just too frustrating, but now that I got a helper, it's nice. And, um, and Adam's available too. If you want to be coached through how to use migration Wiz, and once he learns Skykick, he can also do coaching there. But you know, the thing is, is that he's doing a lot of the research to learn this stuff. So if you hire someone to coach you, you're just going to learn the, the steps then that took us a long time to learn. I'm also offering migration coaching. And um, the thing is, let's say you are a company that wants to start doing migrations and you haven't. All the stuff I do to prepare for migration is the migration coaching that you need. Adam can do the actual training on the software. And I, I'm, I'm very helpful with this stuff. I've coached many people. One guy on Facebook hired me for two hours. I trained him. Part of the training, I gave him my ebook. And I said, you know what? No matter what, you got to read the ebook first. Because the ebook really has all the manual steps. So if something ever goes bad with using a software tool like Migration Wiz, then you know the manual way. Okay? So he hired me for two hours, and since then I've been watching him grow on Facebook, and he talks about all these migrations he's doing. And I really am just really proud, like, to see how happy he is and, and that he learned, and now he's doing them. And a lot of techs don't take the training, and they have to learn the hard way. When you can skip a lot of steps by having just me coach you, and I'm going to put a link in the notes for my migration coaching so you can... To see it, you know, I haven't priced it yet because I put on a lot of stuff in the migration coaching, a lot of um, all my books, the videos, the courses, because I think I want to try to give you the best deal possible so you learn the best. Because this, you know, I've been doing these for, God, almost eight years now, and I still learn, I still learn all the time. Uh, okay, and then on top of that, uh, Adam and I are working on our, um, big GoDaddy project with a client and uh, this one that has a SharePoint site too. And let me just tell you that I went out and found a SharePoint migration person. I think I talked about her on the last show. So as part of my um, survey for migrations, funny enough, I never used to have SharePoint on there. But guess what? When people are on GoDaddy Office 365 and they have to get off, they might have a SharePoint site. And guess what else? They all might have OneDrive accounts. So all that data has to be downloaded or migrated to a new server prior to you cutting and deleting off the Office 365 with GoDaddy. So this survey is really important that you collect all the information you need because if you cut off GoDaddy without knowing they had a SharePoint server, it's gone. 
Because GoDaddy is not going to go and recover a deleted Microsoft account. I'll tell you that right now. Because they make you verify it. That it's backed up and done. Okay. So anyway, the SharePoint migration, um, I believe it's kind of like me and Adam set up. It has a base price, but that's just starting. So let's say you have a client that just has plain file directories. That's $130 per site. Okay. But if they've got bells and whistles and templates and add-ons and da-da-da-da-da, then at that point, it's going to be a, a, a larger fee because there's going to be more work in the customizing of the um, migration. Also, just to let you know that um, I tell clients to go through their SharePoint sites before this now and make sure you clean up what you need because this the one client I'm helping, they happen to have like 15 of them, but... After they found out the pricing, they're like, well, we'll just do like six. I was like, smart. Less is more. You know, less is more here. Okay, so now I'm going to close the show with a few things I've been working on. And um, so the same client that I'm doing the GoDaddy migration for requested me to make a PowerPoint or make a document for them about Office 365 phishing. And so I spent some time going, should I do a video? Should I do a webinar? Should I do a PDF? Should I do a Word doc? And I finally decided to vote on the PowerPoint. And the PowerPoint, I, I liked it because I could just put things in sections, you know? And I could also show examples of phishing emails and such. And once I got making it for the client, I was like, wait, this is a perfect template for technicians to buy or just to showcase to my clients. You know, clients are used to watching PowerPoints and presentations, so, um, and whatever webinars. So then once I thought I'm going to start offering this to other people, I changed it up a little bit and, um, it took a little while, not too long, but I got it down to 38 slides. I had a group of people review it. Most of them liked parts of it, but I'll tell you when you ask five people for five different opinions, you get five different answers. So I, I got, I collected all the, you know, feedback from folks and it turned out that I really needed to up the game to make this thing nice. And so I asked one of my friends who was a master at PowerPoint and she went and redid a lot of the writing, the content and the formatting and uh, really fine tuned it for me because I suck at that stuff. You know, I'm more conversation style. I was in first person mode the whole time. She flipped it to presentation talker mode, which was cool. But anyway, um, I decided not to sell this for a very expensive uh, price. I went with the low one. It's $10 and you get an admin PDF, which is very simple, but it's basically how to secure, set up the two-step and, and multi-factor authentication and then do some spot checking when someone gets hacked. Okay. So the PowerPoint itself has many, many tips in it. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it's prevention, protection, after you get hacked, click on these emails, don't click on those, how, where to look for things, how to tell if one's fake, when to call a person that sent you one. And in 38 slides, I think I did a pretty good job. And also this, uh, this PowerPoint, you can actually do what you want with it. If you want to um, change the, the template, go ahead. You can take out my data. You can take out my branding, put your own in there. You can make it what you want. And for 10 bucks, it's the best deal of the year. And uh, then you can use it to give to your clients for free and say, hey, learn, 
You could take it to a BNI, use it as a presentation. You can chop it up and put it in your blogs. All I ask is you do not sell it. And that's my only, I, the only thing I hope people aren't going to do is turn around and go sell it for like $1,500. Because after I made it, I found out templates can be that expensive. Not probably the one I made, but who knows what people will do. All right, gang, so I think that's going to be it for the show here. Um, just remember to go to callthatgirl.com. That's where all my stuff is. I really would like to call that my new dynasty, but it's just really, I've loved putting that site together. It's been just so exciting. So that's my new fun page where I put everything in the callthatgirl.biz is my SEO and Outlook. And I got to tell you, it's quite interesting running two websites for the same kind of company. I, I, I really realized that I over, I really needed two websites <laughs> at the end. And my callthatgirl.biz, I just can't touch that theme. I don't want to ruin the SEO. It's still my bread and butter. So I'm, I, I'm playing around. I've got two sites and, you know, I, I, I like one helps the other sometimes. It's kind of cool. All right, gang. Uh, oh, also, before I leave, if you've made it this far in the show, the first five people that email me with the subject PowerPoint will get it for free. Happy holidays, folks. And maybe those that emailed me that didn't make that will get something else as a holiday surprise. All right, gang. If you got any questions or want to talk about anything on the show or whatever, email me, Lisa, call that girl biz. And you can email me at Lisa, call that girl com. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. That's it, folks. See you next week. Bye-bye.